mission. Let's talk about it. Um, so today we're, we're looking at the topic of mission. It's, it's one I'm really passionate about. It's one as a church we're really bothered about. In fact, it's one of our values. Kind of one of our headings as a value as a church is mission. Just as a reminder, the four value headers that we have that kind of our 15 uh, uh, value statements fit under is discipleship, uh, community, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and mission. Mission is a really integral part of what we believe and we want to be part of as a church. We want to be a missional community. We want to be actively committed to evangelism. We want to be serving and loving the poor, and we want to be part of the wider apostolic church. Those doing the membership course, hint, hint, that's what we're going to cover on Tuesday. There you go. That, that's, that's kind of a big part of, as a church, we are really bothered about mission. We have to be. It's integral. And, and I suppose when I say the word it's integral, all of us, every age of the church, need to understand why. Why is it actually integral that as a church, we're bothered about mission? How can we be involved in it? How can we kind of be part of that? I think one of the errors and one of the, the poor assumptions about mission is that it's just either an adult's game or it's just for certain people. Though um, certain people might be called to do mission in the assumed kind of mechanism of going to another country and, and, and kind of serving in that way, we are all called, and we are all called to be commissioned by the church for mission wherever we're at. It's very clear. And part of the reason why we did the discipleship track at the beginning of the year, fruitfulness on the front line, was to make that abundantly clear to say, no, no, we are all part of this. We're all part of being on the front line. We're all part of being mission. Just what that looks like, wherever that might be, that is the interesting part. So we're all part of this. Kids, this involves you. You're part of this. You're on mission in your school. Your mission when you go to university. Your mission at any sports club. You are part of this. And so today, this involves all of us. It's not just for the adults and the kids for the games. No, no, this is for every single one of us to know we are part of the mission of the church. That's why I'm calling it family on mission. So we're going to kind of break this down a little bit. First, we're going to just look at a bit of context why mission, what is mission, that kind of thing. We're going to break that down. Then later on, we're going to talk a bit more about a family on mission. Okay, is that all right? You with me? Happy, happy, happy? Wow, no one's happy. Goodness. Whoa, what a tough Sunday. Okay, we're all happy. Good, okay. Good. Why mission? To be honest with you, this is a really easy question to answer. Why mission is a very easy question to answer. You only need to look at the Bible at a few pages and you can see abundantly clear why. The verse that's normally looked at is kind of Matthew 28 and Acts 1. We say this, Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus saying to the disciples, but you will see power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' last words, 
Go do mission. Go do mission in different ways. We're called to go, to make disciples, to proclaim the gospel. It starts locally, Jerusalem. Starts locally and goes further, Judea and Samaria. That's, that's the idea. It's, it's not just kind of going afar. It starts wherever you are. That's why Jerusalem is said first. Start here and then go. You are all part of mission wherever you go. It's clear. Romans 10 makes it even more clearer, to be honest with you. It makes it more abundantly clear. For everyone who calls on the Lord of the name, uh, calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Good. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? Good question, Paul. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I love Paul, like in terms of this writing, sometimes he theologically goes down some avenue that you spend a lot of time trying to unpack. Welcome to our series in Ephesians. Like that, like you spend a lot of time that, like that. Sometimes Paul is just abundantly clear. If someone doesn't hear that about the gospel, how can they respond to it? And if someone isn't being called, sent to go preach the gospel, how is anything going to happen? It's abundantly clear. We are to go. Done. Let's go. Let's have lunch. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so clear. We are all called to mission. We're part of it. This is also not just a New Testament entity after Jesus coming. No, this started from the very beginning. The whole story of the Bible is to capture and proclaim God's name. It's to glorify him. It's part of the purpose of creation, to all glorify God. The very first five books of the Bible, what is called the Torah, when Moses was capturing it all down, if you look throughout the stories, it was capturing down God's provision, God's kindness, God's glory, and sharing that with all of God's people and God's people to be. It's what mission is. It's part of telling God's story. The capturing of history even in the Old Testament, it talks about displaying God's glory to his people. 1 Chronicles 16 verse 24 says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. Declare it. The book of Psalms, a book full of songs, were songs praising God, glorifying God, to get people to sing it, to, to hear to one another. It's part of it. Okay, Jeeves, this is all kind of said. Is anyone commissioned the Old Testament? Yes, they are. Loads of people are commissioned in the Old Testament to share about God. Jeremiah 1, verse 7 to 8. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you um, to and say whatever I commanded you to do so. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Isaiah 6 verse 8, then I heard of, of the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. They were sent. Do you know what I love? Do you know what I really love about the prophets of the Old Testament? That they were young. I'm so glad that God used, and also the disciples and many recorded, he used all ages. It's not a young man's game. It's not an old man's game. It's all. It's all game. 
We're all part of it. We're all called to be part of the mission of God. I hope you can make it quite justifiably clear. The Bible's clear about this. The call to proclaim the word of the Lord is for all. To proclaim his name, to be glorified. That's the fundamental purpose of mission, by the way. If you want to know what the fundamental purpose of mission is, it's for God's name to be glorified and God's name to be proclaimed. That's what it is. Everything else that adds onto it is part of that. It's all kind of signposts to that. Helping the poor is part of glorifying God's name. Planning churches is part of glorifying God's name. Sharing God's love in the workplace is part of glorifying God's name. John Piper says it like this. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Mission exists because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions wouldn't be no more. It's a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and goal of missions. It's the goal of missions because in missions we simply aim to bring the nations into the white, hot enjoyment of God's glory. The fundamental reason why as a church we're bothered about mission, we're bothered about stuff we do here like um, giving space for Seven Oaks Larder to kind of help those who can't feed themselves. The reason for this is not for kind of a good social responsibility thing. Uh, it, I, I want to make this clear. It's not because for us to have a good look as a church that we look like we help the community. Great, that's very good. That's not why. It's not why we, we, some of the stories you're going to hear. It's not the reason for that. It's not for us to look good or do good. The reason why we do this is because we want the glory of God to be poured out. We want His name to be glorified in all that we do. And part of caring for his creation is to glorify his name. If God is bothered about people, we've got to be bothered about people. If God is bothered about his creation, we've got to be bothered about it. If God is bothered about your workplace, then we've got to be bothered about you in your workplace. If God is bothered about our children's education and where they're at, and God is bothered about the next generation, we've got to be bothered about our next generation to know the living God's. We are a family on mission. It's clear. It's really clear. If we want the world to see Christ, we want the world to know his majesty, we want the world to know him and for him to be glorified, then mission as a family is integral to be part of this. Whatever your family unit is, you are on mission. Single, married, with kids, kids gone to university, whatever it might be, you are on mission. And how this can look can be different. And that's really part of today. Part of today is just to kind of share stories about either stuff that people are doing individually or stuff we're doing as a church just for you to have an update and just be reminded by what's going on. Cool. Just start there. Ian and Elijah, can I invite you up to just share a little bit about 
crack off. Good morning again, everyone. Um, as Steve said, my name is Ian. I uh, lead the eldership team here. And this is my handsome son, Elijah. Um, so for just over a year now, since the breakout of the war in Ukraine, we've been involved in supporting the Ukraine churches. And for, I think it was about April or May last year, we did our first trip where we drove uh, a van from here full of supply and aid and all sorts of stuff um, with Hope Church Orpington. And we drove to Krakow and we met a lot of the Ukrainian pastors there uh, where we started um, sort of giving them food and aid and they would literally drive back into Ukraine uh, the next day with the, with the stuff. And excuse me, over the last year or so, we've really developed a, a, a good relationship with these guys. Um, often they're sending us messages. Um, they're also, by the way, part of our network of churches of New Frontiers. So for uh, 20 or 30 years really now, uh, there's been New Frontiers churches in Ukraine and there's been an ongoing relationship with some of the apostolic team that have been going in and supporting them. And that's really been able, our strength has been there to be able to support people on the ground. Um, and van trips have been going for a year or so. Other guys have been involved. Uh, Bernie and um, uh, Jerry Chalice went uh, in, was it November, December? December time, wasn't it? And so all through the winter, um, generators have been uh, taken to Ukraine throughout. So, and this year we've started again. We've, there's now been people flying out. And this is what Elijah and I did two weeks ago. Uh, we flew out on Monday morning, bright and early. It was a bit early, Elijah, wasn't it? A wee bit, Elijah. A wee bit early. But, um, and then we came back Tuesday evening. And really, it was just connecting with the team again. Uh, we spent some time uh, just chatting to... There's a guy called Ivan. I think we've got some pictures there. There's a picture of us. Uh, there we go. This is uh, Ivan, the, the big guy near the front. This is Ivan. Um, this was his apartment that we just met up with them. That, very hospitable. They kind of were just sharing stories of what's been happening, just hearing amazing stories of God's uh, power and grace, of hearing uh, roots in and out of occupied territory, of God, God allowing people in to supply food to those in need and allowing them out safely. There has been, uh, sadly, some of their team uh, have been killed by, by uh, Russian gun uh, fire and... Um, but actually, that we want to just continue doing that. So Elijah and I flew out on Monday, had, had dinner with them, uh, heard uh, some stories of what they're doing. And then, Elijah, what, what happened in the evening? Because it was, it was a bit of a long day, wasn't it? It was. So we went to a big cash and carry and bought seven big trolleys worth of food for them. And then they, we loaded up their vans there and um, they went into Ukraine. It was just so good to be able to go and bless them and serve them. Um, and we were just, it, it's been amazing, literally going back in the next day. Um, so we're really supporting those on the ground. And I just wanted to thank everyone for those of you that were praying for us as we went. There was a number of things we'd asked people to pray for. So um, the, the team has kind of changed over the last year or so. Lots of guys are living in lots of different countries now. Uh, so we, we asked to, to pray for interpreters because... Uh, my Ukrainian and Russian is still pretty poor, um, virtually zero. In fact, it is zero. Um, 
uh, so we, uh, we asked if we could pray for some interpreters and that couple in the middle of the picture there, they were our interpreters um, and there was another guy that came as well. Uh, we prayed that the payments would go through because other teams have gone out and their cards have been denied as, they, as they've got seven trolleys worth of food there. We prayed that that would go through and everything went through um, smoothly. So we're just really grateful for that. Um, but it's just, it, it does us good because we're, we're just encouraged to see them and, that, and still they've got the still real joy in the Lord and um, they're encouraged. This means more to just sending money or going out and buying, actually spending time with them, encouraging them, knowing that we as, a, as churches in the UK are supporting and praying for them, just encourages them. So this is kind of the, the global picture of, of mission and supporting churches. And like Jeeves said, it is the nations, but it is also your neighbourhood, and we can get involved as well. So there will be more van trips going on later on in the year. Myself and Simon Warney are going out at the end of this month, again with Hope Church Orpington, and we've been trying to draw other churches into that. But you can be involved. You can volunteer. Uh, I think Bernie and Jerry would tell you they had a really great time. It's really encouraging to go um, and serve the guys out there. But you can also, we're going to start collecting for this next trip, which is on the 24th of June. Uh, we leave on the 24th. So you can start to donate. We'll send out the list of all the things that we're looking for to donate to these uh, to Ukraine. And you, that's a small way that you can get involved. Um, but yeah, we just want to thank you for your prayers. And uh, we really knew God with us throughout our time there. Thanks. <laughs> stuff um we're going to be doing something a bit new as a church as well and uh, the idea of the game was to kind of model something that we can be part of in terms of sending letters so joe can i invite you up just to kind of share a bit about compassion i nearly lost my notes um in the game <laughs> i'd had to have raided the uh post boxes to get them back um does anyone here speak swahili Okay, I'll teach you one word, jambo, that means hello. Um, it, I have very little Swahili, but the country of Kenya is close to my heart because we li- my family lived there for five years um, growing up, so I speak limited Swahili. But anyway, um, God calls his church to help those living in poverty. Um, and as a church, we want to be involved in that too. Um, why mission? For me... Um, Helping donate uh, through a charity, you can help break the poverty cycle. Uh, for me personally, it's easy to forget the bigger picture. Um, and through helping them, you can identify with your brothers and sisters in poverty throughout the world. It helps me to take my eyes off my own problems and uh, puts our problems sometimes into perspective. So we've chosen, um, we're looking and we have just uh, taken on the sponsorship as a church for five uh, little children through the um, charity of Compassion. Uh, It's a really excellent charity. Uh, It helps children by providing them with food, uh, educational, vocational skills. They give them health checks and recreational activities and they work with the local churches so there's a lot of spiritual input there as well. Um, Why Kenya? Um, apart from being close to my heart, um, Jeremy and Laura are over there, and we particularly picked 
um, programs that are close to Jeremy and Laura. So we really hope um, that in the future that they'll be able to go and see them, give us some feedback from the ground. Um, who are we sponsoring? Uh, we are sponsoring James, Jonathan, Matilda, Eunice and Sharon. They're all ages between the ages of four and seven. We've received our first letters from them. I've laminated them and we, I'll put them here for people to um, have a look at. My favourite quote, James, says, it's, um, he's been in the project for a long time without getting a friend, but now God has remembered him. He considers it a big privilege and highly favoured by God to have been picked. So I thought that was really lovely. So how can we get involved? Um, as a church, we're supporting them. We're um, hopeful that our kids' work will start writing letters to them. Um, we can pray for them. We can think about them on their birthdays and Christmas. And uh, any adults that want to be involved, uh, just come and see me. We can get something arranged. You can write letters to us. Um, you can pray. And if anyone's got a real heart, you can get involved with Compassion as a charity because they're a really excellent charity. Um, and get involved with things directly with them. But as a church, um, we're just really looking forward to building a relationship with these children um, and really blessing them. Yeah. Hello, monkey. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. This is just great. I think it's so good for us as a church for us to do these kind of things. And what I also want to just make sure we're doing is we're talking it not just in terms of adults, but kids. We, we want to be writing letters to these, these kids. We want to kind of remember their birthdays and send some stuff over. And I just want to invite Ian Lane up because he kind of we spoke over, I think it was the weekend away or something. We were just talking about um, what his what mission look like and what is kind of caring look like from our younger generation and Ian just said some stuff that I just thought would be so good just to encourage kids encourage you for what you're doing so it's all right yeah if I just pass you the mic morning church um yeah great stuff good church this um uh over a past time uh, you know a few weeks I've been thinking about the youngsters you know the little ones up to the um youth and uh, I just felt it was, I just needed to encourage them because uh, they're, they're a real part of the church and uh, they're a real blessing to Hope Church and, and, a, and a real hope in Hope Church as well. So I think that's good. But I want to home in just for the moment, if I've got a minute or two, about the weekend away. Remember, it seems a bit of a time away now, but... Um, they were very encouraging to me. They used to come up to me and say, how are you? Can we push your chair? Can we, can we do this? Can we do that? Yeah, but little things, but by golly, that's church life, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that church life? Yeah. I think so. And um, so I, I just wanted to say thank you, really, uh, on a personal point of view. But uh, keep the good work up. Keep the good work up, and the other times they're very helpful to me is after the service on a Sunday, week by week, they come up to me, are you okay, can we do anything, can we get you this, this and that? 
you know, it, it just is a blessing. And Hope Church, they are a blessing and uh, they are the future. Thank you. That's a grandfather of faith, loving the next generation well. I was just so encouraged about it. I was also glad that I didn't see the kids push Ian down, down a hill <laughs> on a chair the weekend away. I don't, I don't have that health and safety form to fill in for that, but yeah, thank you. Glad. First half, we look at why mission. And hopefully, I've planted seeds. There you go, there's the segue. I've planted seeds of mission. In, into kind of what you've just been thinking. Just hopefully briefly, there's just been a, a hope, just a bit of a stir to say, yeah, you know what? I am part of this. This is important. What I really want to do in this last bit, that's the clicker, I just want to look at what does a family on mission mean? <laughs> kind of there's another side of this, and, and part of being a family on mission means that we need to know as a family, what kind of happens? I suppose another way of putting this is, what is the church's responsibility as a church family for individuals on mission? What is kind of, as a church, what is our responsibility for all of our church family for what kind of mission looks like? We know from the kind of earlier on, it's about glorifying God and discipleship and evangelism is a massive part of that. It's integral. I want to make this very clear. Though I'm saying that mission is about glorifying God. Evangelism is part of that. We're all called to be evangelists. We're all called to evangelize and share the gospel with those around us. It's not just for the separate only alpha team. It's not. No, we are all part of that. So as a church, what's our role in this? Kind of the now what question. Here's my answer. Go. Kind of here's my answer. Go for it. Part of the church's responsibility, us as, a, as an eldership, as a church, kind of all of our responsibility is to commission one another into mission. That's, that's my responsibility. It's Ian's, it's Andre, it's Adam. Our responsibility as an eldership is to be commissioning the church for mission continuously. When you look at the Bible, the commissioning from Christ, as we saw at the beginning, was kind of the kickoff to the church emerging. It's kind of go into the world and make disciples. God was, Jesus was commissioning his disciples to start the church. How are you going to do it? Well, the Holy Spirit is there going to help you in that way. If you look at the apostles and you look at the story and the disciple, all the story of the apostles, if you look at Paul's letters, a lot of it comes down to him commissioning those in the local areas to do the Lord's work. Big responsibility we have is to commission, is for you to go. If you look at the setup of the early church and look at the model of how kind of what elders' role was, elders is to align the spiritual health of the church, to kind of keep the, the, the health check, the temperature of the church aligned to the word of the Lord, to make sure the church is grounded in that, to father the flock in discipleship, to ensure the maturity of believers are increasing, and to enable members of the church 
old and new to keep their eyes on God. It's kind of the role of an elder. But the Bible makes it clear there's also deacons that were emerged as part of it in Acts. Part of the reason why is because actually work needed to be done by leaders that needs to be emerged who were able to look at the pastoral side of it. So the role of the elder is not just kind of well, we do it all. No, no, quite the opposite. The role of the elders is to say, right, let's father flock to release all to do. It's a big integral part in it. I want to make this clear. Hope Church staff are not the only ones who are doing mission. No, 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 no. Hope Church staff, part of the reason operationally we are kind of employed is to make sure, yeah, we're running things operationally, we're doing those kind of things, but also creating space to allow the church to flourish and grow. Admin's a really important part of mission. Because if you do admin well, those who are in mission can do mission well. <laughs> like if we, if, imagine like if you came for the discipleship tracks and it was a mess. Now, pause, some, sometimes it was. But like, imagine like we just kind of turn up, it's like, let's just wing it. We're not discipling or honoring people well. We're not honoring our responsibility. We're not actually following what we're meant to be doing. So a big part of this is saying, right, in the back end, how are you serving? And in the front end, how are you serving? Both are equally important. One's not greater than the other. But it's understanding what role and responsibility we're part of means how we do mission. So, families, how are you teaching your kids to do mission? It's not just for the adults to kind of do that. Actually, from the youngest of age, we should be teaching our kids, actually, maybe going to someone's house or inviting people over that, that might not be able to afford a meal that day. Invite them over and the kids playing with the kids. It's mission. It's part of it. Therefore, as a church, we need to teach how to do family discipleship well. Do, do, you see, do you see the link there? Do you see, like, that's what the commissioning looks like. We, we in our kids' work, need to teach our kids well about Jesus. Because then when the kids are with their friends, they can talk about Jesus with their friends. That's how that link works. The late Tim Keller said it like this. The job of the institutional church gathered is not to change social structures or culture, but to create disciples who comprise the organic church disperse who will change social structures and the culture. Super helpful. We as a church meet on a Sunday morning to gather, to encourage, to fellowship, to then send. We are to send those into local workplaces, into schools, hey, into other countries, to plant churches, to get involved with mission in different ways. We as a church are to raise up, to disciple, and send. It's a big part of this. It's why we're part of the apostolic movement of New Ground. It's why next week's really important. Because part of what we want to do is, is be in the local, but support what is happening in the global. It's why I get the privilege of leading New Ground Youth. I spend time speaking with youth leaders from other churches just to help them locally where they're at. 
It's part of the reason why we're, we're wanting to run a year internship program through the apostolic movement. Because we want to raise up young, the next generation, give them experience and exposure. Kind of say, church family, get around them to then send them. It's why we, part of our giving, we give money to the apostolic movement to help church plant, plants like the ones in Berlin. To love Pete and Sarah, who's in Berlin, and to love them and to bless them. There's church plants that are happening in the UK that are um, kind of hard for us to keep talking about, kind of hard for us to keep communicating about because we're part of the apostolic movement. So church family, though we are Hope Church locally, we're part of the apostolic movement globally. Whether we're involved in the front end of mission or being on the front line, wherever that looks like in your workplace or wherever that looks like elsewhere, or whether you're part of the back end of mission of writing letters and sending them, or get, raising up money through donations, or whatever it might be, we are all called to be part of mission. It's a family we are called, and it's a family we run. And what I just want to do now is I just want to share, kind of have three stories again of people who are involved in different ways, either being on trips that they've been on, trips that they're going to, to go on, or actually just being in the workplace where they're at. Those are my three stories. Judah, can we start with you? Can we give Judah a round of applause? Go on, mate. Hello. Right. Oh, wait. I thought I was standing with you. Okay. Oh, yes. I okay. Yeah. The, uh, sorry. I, I, I do remember why I, do what get I said. The fancy thing. Okay. So, Judah, you were recently on a mission trip. I was. What did you do? So, as a part of my year internship, um, we got to go on a trip to Sweden to do mission and serve a church out there. And yes, yeah, so we spent the week on the south coast of Sweden, which is about an hour from Stockholmish. And we served the church, um, Grace Church Stockholm, uh, where we helped with their church day away on the Saturday and then served again on the Sunday. Yes. Is there anything that happened that really kind of got you or what did God do whilst there that really kind of stirred you up a bit? Definitely. Um, on the Wednesday, so halfway through the week, um, we were invited by YWAM to do evangelism with them. And we went out on the streets of Stockholm tipping it down, it was freezing, no one, we thought no one would stop, um, but we prayed beforehand and people, people were given pictures of um, red scarves, red, why red scarves? So we went out and we, were, we thought we were completely hopeless because it was raining, it was tipping it down, people wanted to go, people wanted to get inside and lo and behold, someone got chatting to someone in a red scarf. And they got chatting to them, got to know them a little bit more. And they actually found out that they'd, have, they'd had a difficult journey with the church. And they were actually homeless. So we eventually, they eventually got chatting to them and invited her to church, which was really nice. Wow. Yeah, so we're saying plenty of seats. But personally for me, it was chatting to the young lads that we had out there. So we were stood out in the rain, like I said. And this guy just wandered under our umbrella. And we got chatting. And it was nice to just hear about how open they are, about their experience with the church. And yeah, something just really built up inside, like, they're so open, why are we not doing this more? Like, yeah, so, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. It is, yeah, and truly. And I suppose for yourself, after doing a trip like that, obviously being in a year with ID mm, as well, yeah. 
why mission for you? Why are you kind of bothered about it? Just, I'm passionate about mission because I think it would be such a shame to share the joy of Jesus myself. It would be a shame to keep it to myself. And I just wanted to share it. Like, so when I was out there and I heard how open they were, I just want to, I want to share what I know. I want to give them the love. I want to show the love. I want to reflect the light of Jesus on them. And yeah, I just think also with the younger generation, as Jesus has been saying, it's not the older generation. You don't have to have a mortgage. I certainly don't. You can go out. And I think if God has put a place, a country, a city, a lake, I don't know, there might be a lot of fishermen on that lake or something, um, do it. Yeah. Just press it. Just press in. See God. Everything will fall in place. Good stuff. One on Judah. Good stuff. And if you've got a mortgage, you're old. There we go. Okay. Good stuff. Someone who's been, someone who's going. Ben Salter, where are you, mate? Go on, Ben. That's what I tell you, Tom. Thanks. Ben, what Hello. are you about to do? Um, I'm about to go on a year's mission trip, actually, um, which is super exciting. I'm super excited for it. So I'm going to be going on this boat for the next year, starting in September. Um, it's called Logos Hope, as you can see. Um, and it is um, run under OM, so Operation Mobilization, and as part of that OM Ships Ministry. So I'll be going on board that for the next year. Super exciting. Amazing. Give us a bit more information about Logos and, and kind of the work they do. Okay. And sure. Yeah. So um, the boat, it has about 360 people on board, um, all Christians, all from different countries. Um, a few of you might already know I've spent a short period of time on board already, so I spent about two months on board last year on a short-term mission trip, but um, going back. <laughs> um, and the main thing it's known for is having the world's largest floating book fair. So as you go into a port, I think this is a picture somewhere... Actually, I have no idea. I can't even tell you, to be honest. But you get the idea of just how many people are on the quayside around a boat. So when I was on the boat last year, we were having kind of five to 10,000 people come through the boat every day. Wow. Which was crazy. Um, looking, at the, looking at the bookstore, there's also a theater on board that ship's company uh, put performances on. People can buy tickets to. There's a cafe on board. And it's basically just... Um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more in a... In a You've got some other questions. So. But yeah, it's cool. I, I think I do. Um, <laughs> I hope you do. Yeah. That's amazing. A year's a, a good chunk of time. Yeah. So what are you, at, like specifically, what are you going to be doing whilst you're there? So there's lots of different departments on board that help run the ship. Um, and there's two intakes a year of people that go on to serve. So one starts in September, one starts in January every year, and they go for a year at a time. So I'm going in the September intake this September. There'll be about probably 40, 50 of us joining at once. Um, and I'll basically be assigned a department on board. So I'll go onto the ship, I'll have like an interview, and then I'll be able to suss out which department is best for me. And that's where I'll spend the majority of my time. Um, but alongside that, I'll have lots of other opportunities, which will be super exciting. So um, I'll get involved in the worship band um, on board. Um, I'll have opportunity to go into ship-to-ship ministry which is where um, when the boat is moored in a harbour, there's groups of people that go on to like, other boats in the harbour um, and chat to those guys and get to know them. 
Um, and just from experience, it's surprising how much you have in common because you're both like seafarers at heart, so you get chatting quite easily. Um, but probably one of, the, one of the other really cool opportunities I'll get is um, everyone on board every week, so everyone on board gets an opportunity to have a sea day, which is a connect day. Um, and that's why you spend a day away from the boat um, in the local community um, doing loads of different things. So on my sea days last year, I was um, you know, painting community centers. I was doing food distribution. I was sharing in local churches a little bit like this about what the boat does um, and just about the mission of the boat, really. I think there's another photo. This is who I went on board with last year. Yeah, nice. I remember when we were talking about it last time and kind of the build-up to this time, um, some of the places that Logos Hope docks at uh, are places that if you are a Christian, you would be sent to prison. Um, and so the choice of going and spending a year on a boat, it's not an easy one. Why? Why are you passionate about it? Why do you want to do, do this? Yeah, um, I was thinking quite hard about how to answer this question, actually. Mm. And I, I think I've kind of split it into two, two answers. So... Um, Firstly, I'm passionate about mission because I know who Jesus is. I know that he's come down, and I know that he wants to have a relationship with everyone. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there are a lot of people that um, don't understand that or their eyes aren't open to that. Um, but the second half of that question is I'm passionate about the Logos Hope mission um, because it's a group of believers that take the church to those places. This is a picture um, of Lebanon and Beirut. Um, I'm not sure whether you guys remember the Beirut explosion a few years ago. Um, but this is an aerial shot of the explosion site. Um, and I was, when I was on board before, we actually went into Lebanon, into Beirut. And our, the Logos Hope moored just where that little red tugboat is. So on the quayside um, after. Um, and that's where we moored. So we were right in the middle of the kind of the chaos and the destruction. Um, and the explosion site was still there. From, from the ship, you could hear the call to prayer from like the mosques around Beirut. Um, and I think I'm passionate about the Logos Hope mission because you're taking a church right into the middle of those places and you're taking 350 people from countries all around the world right into the middle of where there's not a church. Um, and when you go on the boat on sea days and different things like that, you're going into the local community and you're connecting with the churches um, and you're supporting their mission as well, doing the Logos Hope outreach. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, wow. Cool. It's pretty cool. Um, great. Not all of us can do that. Not all of us can go and, and be with you for a year on the boat. But we can support you. We can pray. So how can we support? How can we pray? Give us some kind of guidance on how to do that well. So I think for me personally, obviously it's a year of my life that I'm taking out. And I'd really love just to be able to see God in every opportunity and make the most of where I am because... Um, I'm going into places that I never thought I'd be going. So I don't know why, but I'm flying into Kenya, which is kind of ironic because, um, you know, we've talked about Kenya this morning already, but I, I need to find a flight into Kenya on the 28th of August. Um, and it's just, I've, you know, I've never flown into Kenya before, so I've no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> um, but more than that, I'd really like to be a blessing to the people that I meet as well. So this is a photo of Ship's Company. Uh, this was Christmas time last year. If you look closely, you might be able to spot me. Um, but this is the group of people that I was with last year. My prayer is that I really want to just be a blessing to everyone I meet, both on the ship and off the ship. Um, so yeah. 
And yes. I think the second part of that question is um, I am trying to raise financial support for this mission, um, both to support my keep on board, but also to give into the mission of OM ships as well. Um, you know, the money raised for the ship will keep the ship running, um, but also it will go directly in communities as well. So I haven't had first-hand experience with this, but I know that in some countries they've um, gone as far as giving out like water purifiers and eyeglasses and giving some medical care to people in need and things like that. So, um, yeah, I guess if, if you'd like to get involved, please come chat to me after. That'd be really good. Yeah, good. Well done, mate. Thank you. Can we give Ben Ramsey? Sorry, my moment was just remembering this young year seven boy and just seeing him now just makes me really, really proud of him. So it's really exciting. Um, and yeah, financially, if you're able to just support Ben, you just love him, please have a conversation with him. Um, we are trying to raise money. We're trying to think how as a church we can support as well. Um, so yeah, please do have a conversation with him. Great. Mission trips have been on. Mission trip going. Daily life. It's really important we talk about Ali. Can you just come up and share a little bit of what mission kind of looks for you in daily life? Is that right? Can we Ali a round of applause? Yeah, right. How do you follow those pictures, hey? How do you follow that as an adventure? I could put up some pictures of what mission means to me. Um, it would be a picture of my house, which I have lived in in Seven Oaks for the last 26 years. Um, having been originally moved to this area quite a long time before that. Um, and the second picture would be of my front room, which is my office. But it doesn't mean I'm not on mission. Kids, can I ask you a question? Put your hands up if you know what your mum and dad do all day. Okay, so when, when my kids were little, one of my children was convinced that my husband, over there, spent his day playing computer games and eating donuts. Apparently, that's what work is. It's great that we talk to our kids about what they do during the day, what they do at school, how things are going. We don't often share with them about what we do during the day. And I'm really passionate about mission being, being everything I do. Um, I have worked in so many different ways over the years. I left school at 18, went straight to university, did a straight three-year degree, went straight into the workplace. I haven't done any of these amazing trips, and I thoroughly encourage people to do them. I haven't done that, but it doesn't mean I haven't been on mission for the last 30-something years. So what does mission mean to me? What does, it, what does it look like to me? So I think the thing is, when you're working, when you're in your workplace, I remember when I first started working, um, there wasn't a lot of talk about how you were a Christian in a workplace, how you were meant to be different. Um, but I think there's that inherent sense that we are different. We, we, we have a set of values and beliefs that need to come out, and we, need to, and we, we are filled with a Holy Spirit that we want to share the news about Jesus where we are. So for me, I'm just going to go through, I know time is getting on, three things really quickly about mission in the workplace. The first thing that I think really strikes me about it and, and I've found is 
not to hide that light. We have that light. We are salt and light in the world. That's what we are called to be. Don't hide it in the workplace. Um, ask what people are doing. You know, people ask you what you're doing at the weekend. I say, I'm going to church. When people say, what are you up to this evening? Oh, I've got a church meeting. Be open about how you spend your time and, and what, you, what you value. Um, when I first started work, way back when, um, you, do you, does anyone remember the days where you had a computer screen that you had to put a screensaver on because if it stayed on the same image for too long, you got ghosting in the background? Even Jesus is nodding. I didn't think, I thought that was like before your time. Ah, okay, fair enough. Anyway, I used to put Bible verses as my screensaver in my first job. That's a great way to start conversations. Uh, now I use like post-it notes here and there because you don't really use screensavers these days. But more often than not in the workplace now, a lot of places, wherever you work, um, we talk about values in our workplaces a lot, whether that's in schools, whether that's in companies. Um, my husband works in the NHS. You know, every organization has these sets of values. Um, and it's really good to stand up for the values that we have as Christians. We did a, my last job, we did a uh, thing called Strengths Finder, uh, where you kind of do these sort of personality profiles. Um, and they're really common when you start applying for jobs as well, that you're filling in these kind of personality profiles. Um, and the, one of my strongest ones was belief. Well, that's good. And it opened up a lot of conversations with a lot of people, which is fantastic. That's what being on mission is about. It's about taking those opportunities um, and just having it as part of everyday life, being open. The second thing, I'm going to speed up now, is being loving. Um, we've talked about, Jesus talked about, it's about relationships. Mission is about relationships. We built relationships with the people in Ukraine. If Ian had gone in once, delivered a load of stuff, come back and never seen them again, it would have been valuable in itself. But really, the relationship that's built up is so much more valuable. So in the workplace, build relationships. Um, get to know your fellow workers, your colleagues, your team, your boss. They're a person too. Um, customers, clients. <laughs> you should see the faces these two are pulling. Um, I use post-it notes because I have a terrible memory uh, for all my team. And on it, I write things like their partner's name, their kids' names and ages, um, kind of life events, uh, family things that are going on, illnesses, things that they're coming up with, um, so that I can pray about them, but also that I can offer for them that I pray, because they're all, I've been open, so they all know I'm a Christian. So again, it's about taking that time to talk to people, to get to know people, um, to offer practical help uh, and, and to love them because that's what we're called. We're called to love one another. Um, and the workplace isn't somewhere different that you don't do that. You do it as much as you do it anywhere else. And I think that's really important. And the last thing I wanted to say is I think it's really important. And I think, kids, this is really important for you. Don't be afraid. When you're thinking about what you might do next, if you're thinking about what your GCSE options might be or what your A-level options might be or what university you might go to, um, don't be afraid 
that it's going to lead you or not lead you somewhere. Because actually, God's got a plan and purposes for your life. Um, so all of that, whilst you have to do it in this society at this time um, where we are, it, it's not necessary for God's plans and purposes. What's necessary for God's plans and purposes is to love him um, and to follow him. So don't be afraid to put your head above the parapet in your workplace. Don't be afraid to be the one who speaks out. Um, I've just gone through a pretty painful process of working for a charity that has had to close. Um, I work in the charity sector and I'm also a trustee uh, for a charity. It's not the one I'm a trustee for, it's the one I was working at, um, had to close. And I was the one who was kind of asking the awkward questions, if you like, and trying to look out for the team. Um, and actually, when I was, I've, I'm now doing, I'm going to be doing something else come the autumn, um, and one of our trustees had to write a um, reference for me for something that I'm going to be doing in the future. And she actually wrote that on my reference. She is not afraid to put her head above the parapet. And I thought, that's just a great testimony to, to how God has worked in me and shown me that it's his plan. If I get it right or wrong at work, if I, you know, if I, if I work harder, it's not going to make a difference to what how God sees me, if I get the promotion or don't get the promotion, if I, I was talking with um, Becca about this yesterday over lunch, you know, and it was a wonderful conversation where this amazing woman of God is saying to me, um, not about that, it's about what my values are and it's about what my beliefs are and it's about knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for me. Um, so, yeah, so don't be afraid to put your head above a parapet. One more quick story. Sorry, I know it's time's really gone. Um, if you, people know who you are and they value you for your beliefs, your, 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 uh, the way you live your life in your workplace, they will come to you um, and they will ask you about your faith. Uh, and that is my experience. That's absolutely what I found um, recently, um, Steve, who, who works, say, works in the NHS, um, they have like an internal newsletter thing for their, um, their area. And um, they cover lots of different faiths. He's in northeast London. There's lots of different faiths uh, represented there. Um, and he was asked to write something for e about Easter because there's this realisation that a lot of... Um, a lot of organizations now will focus on lots of other faiths, but not necessarily Christianity. But we have a wonderful opportunity to share our faith in those places. So it was great that he was asked to actually write, because people knew about the belief that he has and what underpins everything that he chooses to do. So this is, this is mission for me. This is what mission looks like to me on a day-to-day -day, um, basis. Um, so kids whose father works in security and whose dad goes to work all day, all you other kids, ask your parents what they've done today when they ask you. Find out from them who they've spoken to, how God has worked in their um, workplace, in their, on their mission field that day. Um, 
and open up those conversations. And then we're teaching our children, we're teaching the next generation that work isn't something separate that we go and do. Some of us spend a lot of time at work and with other people um, in those environments. And our children have to learn that that is the call upon our lives. That is the mission field that we are on. Um, and I love it. I'm also looking forward to having a little break from it, but I do love it. Anyway, back to you, Jeeves. Thank you. Can you stand with me? Kids, if you're at the back, can you go to where your parents are now, if that's all right? just want to do something which I just, yeah, just felt quite stirred about. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Christianity in the workplace in... Later this month, end of this month, Ruben's going to be taking, it, taking us through that as we look at Ephesians. We've talked about mission. We've talked about commission. I think it's really important that we commission those for mission. And so what I just wanted to do is I just wanted to kind of get families together. We're as a church family. So if your kids are there, hey, gather your kids. If not, hey, you are on mission as part of this. And what I just wanted to do is I just wanted to, I suppose, commission us for our local and global mission. Here's my prayer. Two things. Number one, I pray that all of you know that you're on mission where you are locally. Jerusalem. That's my prayer. Kids, you are included in this. The next time, I'm going to use Elijah for an example, because I know him well enough. The next time, my, my boy Elijah, he goes to swimming. My prayer is that there's, in his swimming club, would see something different about him and ask him questions about what he believes in. That's my prayer. Kids, you are involved in this. This prayer is saying, actually, wherever you're in school, you are to be on mission. Second thing, I just want to make sure we're praying about, and what I want to commission is, there might be a stir or a rumbling about either certain locations or certain cultures or groups of people that you may be stirred by, that you may be feel, felt called to go. We want our church not to kind of hold our people back. We want to regularly open up the doors to say, go. Go, where, go when it's right. Go when you're called. So that's what this prayer is going to be. Yeah, so if you're a family, put your hands around each other. If you're, you know, if you're, your family's not here, wherever, put your hand next to the person next to you if you're comfortable with that. Not around your necks, please. Yeah. Judah, come here. Not you, Judah. Come here, we're part of this. Come here, my boy. We're on mission. You're on mission at nursery, my boy. Ben, put your hand around him. Comfort him. I'll do some aftercare in a bit. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are a family on mission. Thank you that we are part of this. Thank you, God, that um, you have called us to be uh, part of your church. You've called us to be on mission wherever we are. We are to go and make disciples. And Father, whether that's locally or whether that's glo globally, you have called us to go. So Father, we commission us as church members, as part of the, the, the church, to go. To take the gospel to those around us. Holy Spirit, I pray, uh, motivate us, enable us to share the glory of God to all those around us. I pray as well for anyone who just feels a little bit of a stirring about certain locations or certain cultures, that, Father, you would increase that more. 
But Father, I pray that you would stir all of us for being a family on mission locally where we are, in schools, in the workplace, with our friends, with our colleagues, with whoever we are. May the glory of God be proclaimed now and forever until the end of days, we say. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Good church, go. Be blessed. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. Next week, New Girls Sunday. There's teas and coffees at the back and maybe one or two chocolates. Have a great rest of your day. See you later.